You are listening to the 8% Nation podcast, created to help you become a top producer in the insurance industry. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the 8% Nation podcast, Cody. Dude, I missed you. You've been traveling. Dude, I know, man. With you, man. I did. I brought him back from Tulsa with me. Dude, who is he's this not, guy? He's not from Tulsa, but yeah, Mr. Tony Merwin, master. You're going to want to watch every freaking episode. I'm mean, every single minute of this. Master influencer, master networker. He has helped build a company to 15,000 Medicare agents. Okay. They do 50 mil a year. They're a contracting team of marketers, which I love because it's kind of like my sales team, but it's for building an agency, which is freaking fantastic, right? We're going to talk some about it. And we went a lot over it on the masterclass just recently. And they, they do, they add a, about two to 300 agents a month, 2,400 to 3,600 a year. Dude. And they add about 12,000 new contracts a year. Good grief. Crazy numbers. Dude's phenomenal connector, man. Awesome at building relationships. Well, senior marketing director. Um, is your title over there, Precision. Yes, sir. And um, we are just excited to kind of unpack um, your brain, man, because every time you open your mouth, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's more. There's more. Tony how about has the, more. How about the, 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 pep, the, the, the Wally Pep story this Dude, morning? Dude, yeah. Do you like that? Did you know uh, that? I don't. Of course, no. I'm not a big sports-like fan as much as others, So, those, those, but those are great. I mean, sports is like the ultimate crucible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, But where did you even hear that story? That was with the sales group that I used to work with uh, – back in 1997 to 2000. Um, and every day they did motivational kind of yeah. teaching and training to get the sales team pumped up. We were all going out to do door to door, doing sports promotions and all you kinds need of stuff. Some motivation for door to door. Absolutely, yeah, you're gonna go get your nose bloodied for no, eight hours you. in the field. No, thank you. Right, I mean, you know, so t- t- tell that the was story the really stories. quick. Yeah, yeah, t- t- we got give like a quick recap. All right, no worries. Um, sure, sure, sure. Uh, Wally Pip was a uh, all-star first baseman for the New York Yankees back in the 20s and 30s. Uh, and again, I say all-star because that's really what triggers. But most people have never heard of Wally Pip unless they know this story. Right. One day he walked up to his coach, Miller Huggins, said, hey, I got a headache. I really don't want to play. You mind if I sit out? Coach said, no problem. Called in a rookie off the bench for his very first time ever. Guy by the name of Lou Gehrig. Most people are familiar with that. <laughs> Lou Gehrig had a heck of a game, went four for five, hit some singles, doubles, RBIs, a home run, stole a base. Phenomenal game for a rookie. And then he wanted to take a day off too, but he didn't do it until he played 2,130 games straight with no days off. Wally Pip was traded to the Reds and eventually forced out of baseball for a bad work ethic. Wow. Pretty simple. And, and Gehrig played with like, you know, fractured legs and all this crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. He's got, on record, they've got uh, nine digits. Or he played nine times with a broken digit thumb or fingers and twice with a fractured leg. Yeah. So And then players would you even try that, to spike him sliding into first just to get him out of the game. But he's like, nah, I'm still the, playing. There's a couple morals of the story. The first one is Lou Gehrig wanted it more than Wally Pip. Absolutely. Wally Pip went on record. You can quote it or you can look it up. There's a quote. He's like, those are the two most expensive aspirin I've ever had in my life. Mm. That's crazy. That's crazy. Imagine what would have taken place and if we'd even be talking about this story if he had played with a headache. Right. Correct. Unbelievable. And what a great start to the podcast. Absolutely. It's AEP. So it's hot. Medicare is kind of what everybody wants to talk about. So, you know, you've been in the industry for 15 years. Why don't you give us a little bit of your background? Tell us a little bit of your story. Kind of walk us through beginning up until now, because you didn't always start as the Tony Merlin, you know. So so where where'd you where'd you begin? Where'd all that come from? Um, I started an insurance in 2004. I uh, got recruited from that same organization that uh, I had worked with previously where I heard the Wally Pip story. Yeah. Um, a mentor and manager that I worked with in that group that I respected a lot. She was an awesome sales trainer, motivator, uh, taught me a lot. 
um, after I'd left that group because I didn't see a future for me there anymore, she recruited me into insurance. Called me up one day and says, hey, I got a great opportunity for you. Come check it out. I met with her and her team leader and signed the contract. And that was with Family Heritage. Uh, we were selling their cancer treatment product door to door. Uh, basically, no leads. You go out there and knock on your own doors and figure it out. Uh, completely captive agent. I did that for about 14, 15 months. Did not set any records. You know, I was very, I was probably below average, truthfully. Um, and then saw that there was more opportunities in the Medicare space. I liked it more because I was specifically able to deal with seniors. And that struck home with me because I had an extremely close relationship with my grandfather on my mother's side and my grandmother on my dad's side. And more specifically related to my grandmother because my grandfather on my mom's side was pretty wealthy. But my grandmother lived on that social security check. She counted on that every month, you know. My dad took good care of her and supplemented her and helped her out. He was a great guy like that, but I would hang out with her as a kid. You know, she'd babysit me or I'd just go hang out with her in the summers. Um, and she would tell me about, it's like, hey, she showed me her insurance check. And I can't remember the number, not insurance check, but her social security check. I want to say it was like $600 and change for a month. Mm. And she's like, here, this is what I get. You know, I was trying to explain that to me and trying to explain to me of how important it is to uh, provide for yourself and create you know, something that you can provide for your family because she's like, now this is all I have. And she's like, and it's so, she's like, no, I can't take you out to dinner. I can't because this is what I get. Go mm. call your dad to take you out for dinner. Mm. So remembering that and that the only way a senior citizen on social security can save or can make money is by saving money. So see, having that experience with her made me realize that working with seniors is something that I have a passion for. Um, and I even learned that before that, Right after high school and college, I did some work for an assisted living center, working as a waiter and server and bartender in their group. Obviously, they're all seniors and they love me. We got along great. So all of that kind of evolved into realizing that that is my calling and where mm -hmm. I should be is working with seniors and in this space. I love it. Right on. Wow. Man. Right on. So so right now, well, so that's the past. What about the uh, now? What are you doing now? What's your well, role now? How's that work? Now working with Precision Senior Marketing, we're one of the largest uh national brokers for the Medicare space out there. We service all things Medicare related. We work with independent agents of all sizes. Um, and now it's just a focus on how the industry's changing and how we can try to stay ahead of that curve, right? Changing in things like digital marketing, which you guys are obviously experts on, as well as some of the new laws that are coming out with the whole macro changes in Medicare supplements. Uh, agents are selling over the phone more yep. than ever. Mm -hmm. yep. Uh, yep. Even now, Medicare Advantage plans are getting sold over the phone a lot easier than they ever used to be. So there's this huge transition and shift in the space, and we're trying to do everything we can by hanging out with guys like you just so we can stay ahead of the curve. Well, and Google's Thanks, buying insurance companies, Medicare specifically. Did you guys know that? I didn't know like, that Google was buying them. Yeah. I remember you told me that. Yeah, they're buying. I mean, so interesting. You know, there's obviously a shift coming. Sure. You know? So, so what specifically is your role? I mean, day to day, like what's your, what's your goal? Mostly just working with agents, you know, product okay. distribution is a big part of what I do, right? So we're contracted with all these different carriers. They need us to get their product out there. We have an enormous agent base to work with already. So as soon as someone drops a product in our lap, we can get it out there very fast. Cool. Uh, we have basically 15,000 agents nationwide or more that we're working with in cool. some form or cool. fashion. Well, what, so what I love to do and we love to do is take these sort of, um, you know, guys that end up speaking to a lot of people and taking general themes of the challenges that they're finding along with the wins that they're getting. And I'd love to just unpack that a little bit. Sure. So, you know, what are some challenges that you're seeing your agents come across that you've been able to help them solve from like, a, you know what, this is a common theme that I'm getting now and here's sort of a solution. Do you have any of those that come to mind? Um, leads. 
I mean, okay. every agent I talk to, you know, unless they're already extremely successful at what they do, but more particularly the independent agents that are out there working by themselves, yep. not for an agency, hmm. um, or they're trying to build their own agency, mm -hmm. leads is the number one question that always comes up. How do I get in front of people? Yep. Hey, I can write insurance. Writing insurance is the easy part. Yeah. You can teach a monkey yeah. how to write out a contract or fill out an online app. Yeah. But teaching them how to get in front of people, that's the hard part. And obviously, they're a whole bunch of different ways to get in front of people. You know, you can buy third-party leads, et cetera, learn to organically develop your own, whether it be grassroots marketing or tricking out a website with SEO. But that's that's the number one concern that always comes up so from every you, agent. So what do you tell them? I mean, do you tell them go this way or that way, or do you have a specific? It depends on their business model. Okay. It's not going to be the same answer for every agent. I agree. You know, if the agent's selling over the phone and that's his primary method, yep. then certainly digital marketing is going to work best for him because yep. he is going to be able to target the audience that is already tech savvy, they're more likely to be buying from someone over the phone. Yep. You know, I mean, if you look at car insurance, who goes to visit their car insurance agent or invites that person in their house? You don't. You call them on the phone, give me a good quote, send me the e-app, echo sign it, whatever it is, and it's done. Yep. Medicare is moving that same way in so many fashions. Uh, you know, that huge number of business that we do, around 50 million a year, about 60, maybe even 65% of it now is done electronically and over the phone. Yep. Did you, you know, see that happening? Did you see that coming along the way? You know what I mean? 15 years ago? Not immediately, no. I was yeah. pretty blind to it at first. Um, and I remember actually about 10 years ago, uh, some of my colleagues were stressing the need of a quote engine for Medicare supplements. And to me, it seemed ridiculous. I've been a Medicare agent. It's such an easy product to quote. You open up a rate guide, you're 65 and they're playing, uh, there's your rate, right? But nowadays, with the number of products that are in the space yep. and the fact that people are wanting the products sold over the phone, a quote engine has become an absolute necessity. Uh, when I started, there was maybe four or five Medicare supplement products mm -hmm. out there. United Healthcare, Blue Cross, Mutual of Omaha, and I think Sterling Investors was commonly popped up from time to time. And New Era, I think, was still uh, was just kind of getting rolling. Nowadays, in any given state, you're looking at 35 to 45 choices for a Medicare supplement product. And that's a not lot. between the different plans, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and N. That is, there's 45 different plan Fs. There's 45 different plan G rates to pick from. And that can be super overwhelming. So the agent watching now, what do you notice your top reps do or what do you recommend to really simplify the sales process? Because if they went into it and gave, you know, a, a, a uh, beneficiary turn 65, 45 options, you know, they're probably not going to get the sale. Not going to get the sale. They, the smart agent is just going to first sell the plan based on the benefits, Okay. right? Is the plan F the right one for you? Is plan G the right one for you? Or is plan N the right one start for you? There. That's Without good. ever trying to pitch a carrier or a rate. Yep. Just let's start with the plan and the benefits that you need to solve your problem. And then we'll look at the top carriers and rates that I work with and we'll narrow it down from there. Mm. And you'll find people are very rate driven. It's certainly a rate driven market where they don't care if it's a brand name. They just want the cheapest plan G yeah. they can get. Yeah. But then there are certainly those folks that are, I don't want the cheapest one. I want a brand that I know. Yeah. If it's a couple bucks, I'll take, you know, that yeah, one. If it's a yeah. few dollars. Yeah. If it's a few dollars more, they're going to take the Aetna, Humana, United Health, or the blue chip type carriers. Yep. 100%. Blue, yep. Yep. Nice. No, that's good. Yeah. So is there any other, like besides leads and marketing, is there any other challenge that you're finding? What about just the new 2020 plans? Is there any like big shifts that are happening that is confusing people that you're able to kind of add some clarity to? Absolutely. Um, Medicare, because of the size and scope of it being a government program, it's confusing as all get out, <laughs> not only for the seniors, but for the agents. And there's a ton of misinformation that gets thrown around. Um, I mean, from one, you have the Medicare supplement side, which is having changes with uh, the new macro legislation that has come out that is reshaping some of the Medicare plans. 
and then you have all these huge Medicare Advantage plans that are blowing up right now. Uh, there's more Medicare Advantage plans available uh, in 2020 than there ever has been. Hmm. I want to wow. say nationwide, uh, it's a little over 3,000, like 3,150 plan options to pick from. Um, and that's not in every given county or state, that's nationwide. But on average, a uh, Medicare recipient or eligible has about 28 to 30 plan choices in any given county nationwide to pick from. Mm. That's the average number. That's crazy. You know, in some counties, obviously, it's very few. In some counties, it's a lot. Well, re re rewind the clock five years ago. Sure. How, many, how many was there? Medicare Advantage plans, mainly your big blue chip carriers and a few so 10, little regional ones. Yeah, 20? I would say so maybe from 20 10, 20 to 3,100? Yeah, yeah. She whiz. I mean, it, and usually what's happened is the smaller regional plans get eaten up by the big monsters like your United Health Cares, your Molinas, your WellCares and Centines and so forth. So how does an independent Medicare agent that's not connected to a bigger entity keep up with all these changes? Um, you, there's plenty of content out there. I mean, just take some time to research and learn. Sheesh. You know, if you're hooked up with a good partner that's going to keep you in the loop, that's certainly a great way to stay ahead of the curve. Good. You good. know, but you I mean, the knowledge is out there. You just got to go to look for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, you brought up a great point, a partner. You know, there's the video, YouTube videos, mm -hmm. uh, podcasts, mm -hmm. Facebook groups. Which Correct. I know you there's stay plenty of information. connected in, you know. You know, you just got to go look for it. Can't be lazy and expect that this knowledge is going to come into your door because <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It's out there and you have to filter it out and go find it. Well, well, is there any other like, you know what? I've had this question 15 times. It's AEP. I know other people out there have this question. Is there any of that? It, like, you know what? There's just this one thing that I keep getting asked. Like, is there anything that you could kind yeah, of shed some light? Yeah, it's the confusion on macro and the changes in Plan F right well, let's now. Let's talk about Plan that for a C second. and F. Uh, a lot of people think that Plan F is going away or that Plan C is going away. Which probably scares some people to have it. Scares a lot of people, and there's a lot of fear-mongering going on out there about it right uh, now. Ah, they're using right? that to their advantage. 100%. Uh, and it's creating confusion not only in the senior citizen, yeah, hugely, but there are agents still that haven't quite wrapped their brain around what's happening. It's written in black and white. You can read it for yourself, right, or hopefully talk to someone in the know. But the truth is that Plan, F, Plan C and F are not going away. What their goal is, is to eliminate first dollar coverage for all of the new people coming into Medicare starting January 1, 2020, because first dollar coverage, which is given through plan CNF, promotes overutilization, right? You got the mm -hmm. slightest sniffles and you don't have to pay anything to go see the doctor. You're going to go to get today? checked out. Well, I'll go chill in the emergency room. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if you have a deductible or some kind of copayment, you're like, hey, you know, maybe I can just go to the pharmacy and get me some Robitussin, yeah. go sleep it off. I'll be all right. And, and, and that... I could see that. I know you got more to discuss there, but I feel like that alone could save Medicare and the government a lot of money. 100%. I agree 100%. Uh, but the good news is Plan F is not going away. Uh, it is only not going to be available for people that turn 65 or start Part B, more importantly, January 1, 2020. Hmm. They will not have an option for Plan C or F. Everybody who's already aged into Medicare, effectively, nothing changes for them. So starting January 1, you're going to have basically two groups of Medicare beneficiaries. You're going to have your previous group where there are no changes for them. They can have all the plans that they want. And then you'll have the new group, which will basically have all the Metsup plans minus Charlie and Frank. Charlie and Frank, I like that. So, so if, they have, if they had F or Frank, they can keep it. Yes, absolutely. And they can enroll in a different one somewhere, right? Yep. And even if they don't have F now, but they're aging to Medicare, let's say they're on plan G, right? Or they're on a Medicare Advantage plan, but they're healthy and they decide they want to enroll in Plan F, they can still do that. Hmm. So it's not a caveat where you have to have Plan F now to still be able to buy Plan F. You just have to have turned 65 and been eligible for Medicare prior to 1-1-2020. Okay. 
Okay. And you will always have an option to buy Charlie or F. Cool. Charlie or Frank. Charlie or Frank. You have. Um, you also have some interesting stats. You were g- giving me earlier sort of the opportunity in this industry, advantage versus supplement. Do you have any like, you know, research or stats or anything hmm. showing the market growth or market share, anything that you could kind of drop on the people? Yeah. Um, do you know any other markets where you get 10,000 new customers every day? No, I don't. That's what's happening right now. It's been happening for about two and a half years. Uh, it's projected to run for a course of about eight to nine years. Uh, where every day, nationwide, coast to coast, like butter and toast, you're going to get 10,000 new customers that turn 65 and need guidance in Medicare. Yep. Truthfully, we don't have enough agents to service them, so we're definitely always looking for new agents that we can train and bring on and, and service that market. But it's also so big that any agent can choose a segment of the market to work and actually make a very lucrative living. Right, you don't have to do all things Medicare. You can really cherry pick the product lines that you want to service, mm. right? And you can talk to who you want to talk to and pitch them what you want to pitch them. That's great, right? So it's huge opportunity. Um, and there's basically two sides of the Medicare space, right? As you know, when someone comes onto Medicare, they can either go with original Medicare and maybe pick up a supplement, or they can go to the privatized Medicare Advantage plans. Generally, I found that most of the folks that are over 65 in their 70s and 80s, especially if they already have a MedSup, they tend to stick that route because uh, they like those benefits, they've gotten used to them. But all your folks that are turning 65, uh, they are choosing Medicare Advantage f- at a four to one rate over MedSup, hmm. right? So that's the that? biggest growth opportunity Not till right the now. Agency Builder Masterclass. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that either. Right, so basically for every five Medicare recipients that come in and they're ready to pick a plan, four of them are picking Med Advantage and one of them's picking MedSup. Now, it's not to take anything away from MedSup and say it's not growing. Right. Because if you look at the data from CSG, they're going to tell you it's growing roughly at about 8% a year. Okay. Which is an awesome opportunity yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. Right. And I work with agents and that. You're a big MedSup fan anyway. I mean, it's my fa- personal favorite product. Yeah. Nothing against Medicare Advantage. And, and Medicare Advantage is very regionalized. So it's going to be an awesome product in some markets, not so great in other markets. Yeah. So it, it's, it really depends. Whereas MedSup nationally is the product that it is. It doesn't matter where like you're Like MedAdvantage is phenomenal in Springfield, Missouri. Correct. Why Correct. is that? I mean, why exactly? You're going to have better hospitals and doctor networks to work with generally is what it boils down to. Okay. Right? If they have a good pool of people that they can build a network around uh, that are popular, they can build a good plan. Cool. Right? If you're in an area where you don't have a good base of hospital and doctor networks to create, you're going to struggle. You know, you might have a regionalized PPO product. Yeah. Like uh, I was talking to an agent not too long ago in Mississippi who likes Humana. It's out there. They got a regional PPO product, but it's hard to find doctors in the rural areas that actually service it. That's where I'm assuming MedSup is more popular. And that's where MedSup tends to come in. Yeah. It's not a hard and fast rule, but it's pretty close. If you're in a rural area and community, generally MedSup is going to prevail because you're not going to have the doctors and hospitals that you have in an urban area. So you get into a larger urban area. MedAdvantage tends to do better. And MedAdvantage is by county? Yeah, correct. So it's, it might be yeah. covered in this county, but there may be no plans available one county over. So like think like the Boot Hill, you know. Got it. Right. Cool. Additionally, one of the reasons it's outpacing at the turning 65 uh, segment is those folks are just, most of them are just coming off of an employer group plan that's made by the same carriers that are in the MedAdvantage space, your Humana's, Aetna's, United Healthcare's, Blue Cross's, whatnot. And the plans are kind of similar. They're used to a, a, a network-driven yes. product, right? They're used to having a co-payment. So it's the used same to having thing a max out of yeah. pocket, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, apples yeah. and apples to them for the most part. So they're so it's relatable to them. They're familiar with it, and they're like, hey, that's great. Just enroll me in that. Perfect. Yep. Yep. 
So you feel like, I mean, breakdowns, once again, we clear this up all the time. I'm the marketing guy, insurance gurus over there. So what was the commissions like uh, for supplement versus advantage? Like, how's that work? Like, is it more? The renewals it... are pretty close to the same. Okay. Uh, but med advantage, especially if it's someone that's their first time in a med advantage plan, you get a nice bonus. Okay. So on cool. a national average, an agent's going to make about five or is going to make $510 first year comp on for every app that he writes MA products Sheesh. for new enrollees. Yeah, and get it's booming. Yeah. And a lot of them are zero premium. Correct. <laughs> so basically just scooping up low hanging fruit sometimes. I mean, for the hurry. most part, absolutely. For 10,000 right. people aging in. Yeah, yeah. Golly. But the real money is actually in the renewal. Uh, MAs are going to give you a $255 lifetime renewal. And some states even pay higher. California, New Jersey, I want to say, if I remember correctly, $636 first year. Dang. And then you get a 50% version of that for your renewal lifetime. Cool. Whereas MedSup is all based on a percentage of your annual premium. Higher the premium, a little more money you make. But it generally works on average about 300 bucks for annual commission on a MedSup. But you don't get that lifetime. You're only going to get that in most states for six years on average yep. with a few exceptions. And then that starts to tailor off. If there's anybody paying lifetime commissions on MedSup, once you're getting to year 10 and plus, it's a pretty minimal renewal. I mean, it's money in your pocket. It's mailbox money, which sure, is great, sure. but it's not the level of renewal that an MA plan might pay or well, will pay. You said something earlier, because um, we've been talking all day, about how you know insurance you know, it isn't potentially the, the sexiest thing. Cody and I are, are really fighting against that. It's, a, it's just a business. It's yeah. your vehicle to be successful. Correct. You know what I mean? And so that's what I like about this industry specifically is there's so much opportunity, right? So many people making good money. Uh, we know guys that are 21 just crushing it on, on Medicare still. Um, and and so what I wanted to do is you guys touched, you said about 15,000 agents across the country, okay? So I want you to think about the top 1,500, okay? okay? And I want you to break down what those top 1,500 are doing that the bottom other guys aren't. Like, what is the difference? What's the mm. what's the game changer for that top 10% of those 1,500 agents that are the the – the, I wouldn't consider the winners, but what is it? What's going on with that group? Or at least the top 8%. Yeah, there we go. Let's do that. 8%, those top 8%. I would say, number one, they're going to outwork the other group. What do you mean work? Let's get it. Let's get granular. What does that mean? Uh, working harder in regards to just effort, managing their business, but more importantly, uh, tapping into the knowledge, keeping themselves in tune, staying ahead of the curve with industry news. Can I get uh, more granular? Sure. Give me a breakdown of what this guy's day look like. looks like, honestly. Think of a producer that you're talking about in this, and what is his day and what's his week? The best guy is probably just answering the phone for inbound leads okay. and working them, selling okay. over the phone. Okay. Uh, my highest, all of our highest producers are selling over the phone now. Every one of them. Every one of them are selling mm. over the phone. Interesting. Uh, we wow. get, again, I think I said this earlier, we get about 60, maybe 65% of our business is done electronically yeah. over the phone now. Yeah. The e-apps are all out there. Any carrier in the Medicare space that's worth their salt has an e-app for the agent to use. Yep. Medicare Advantage, now there are these all-in-one platforms where you can shop all of your plans in one environment. So your savviest, highest producers are all spending time talking to these folks over the phone, getting the apps done quick, and turn and burn. Not to mention they can cherry pick their territories yep. uh, and their data where they know they have the best plans. So they're, they're loaded when they go in there. Yep. They're running with the stack deck. Yep. Uh, but truthfully, the, the biggest difference that separates uh, the, the lower producers versus the higher producers other than the work ethic is going to be their marketing efforts, their prospecting efforts, right? Mm -hmm. Again, it's easy to write the app. That's not the hard part. hard part is getting yourself in front of people. So the savviest guys are the ones that are, know how to get themselves in front of people continually. 
And when I say in front of people, I don't necessarily mean like this. I mean, they're talking to a prospect mm -hmm. somehow, yep. digitally, electronically, or face-to-face. -face. They seem to run it more like a business and actually invest 100%. money in talking to people every day. Absolutely. 100%. You have to treat it like a business. Otherwise, it's just a self-employment job. And when you're done, you're done. You know, yep. Maybe you'll get some renewals for a while, but as soon as you quit working in self-employment, you usually have no more income, yeah. right? Uh, especially in the Medicare space on Medicare Advantage because you have to maintain your certifications to continue to get your renewals anyway. So the true people are treating it like a business, approaching it like a business, creating marketing plans, and generally converting themselves to an agency so that in the event something happens to them or they decide they want to slow down, they still have that legacy built through the agency and it's just a matter of putting other people in place to keep running it. Mm. Sounds good. So in, in my understanding, most of you guys are call center structures or are these independent agents that are just dialing? It's a big variety. Okay. I wouldn't say most of them are call centers. Certainly some of the call centers you work with are crushing it, Yeah. right? Uh, but there are individual agents that I work with. They're probably selling insurance in their underwear out of their home office, right? Or their pajamas. Um, but they're smart marketers. Yep. Uh, they're good callers. Some of them are just phone beasts. You know, I mean, I, it still amazes me that guys are willing to sit there and just pound the phone with cold calls. And I talk to guys regularly that they're getting, maybe they're using sales dialer or whatever, they're getting good data. And just by doing cold calls, they're able to sell one or two, maybe three apps a day. <laughs> Blows my mind. And if you can continue that kind of effort up, mm -hmm. year two or three, you're looking at 100K in just renewal money before you crawl out of bed. Exactly. Right? Just put in the constant effort. Uh, but then you have the other guys that are just great online marketers and just get people calling them all day. You mentioned money, which I like to go to for a quick second, which what is a dude that is making six figures their second or third year? How do they go to seven figures in the Medicare space? Because I know you got some people that, do, that make seven figures in the Medicare space, and I know a few that we know. Uh what separates them and how do they really, you think about scaling a Medicare operation, what's that look like? They've realized that they're successful at what they're doing, but the only way they're going to get their income to jump from six to seven figures is duplication of themselves, mm -hmm. right? So they're taking their mastery and passing it down to another person and helping that person be successful. Mm. That, that's the real, that's the only way you're going to get to seven so figures in my opinion, building a team. Doesn't yeah. have to be a monster team. Right. Whether we know producers that only have four or five or six guys on their crew, yep. but they're crushing it, and it because it, they're great marketers, number one. They're masters of their craft and the product, yep. right? And they're putting themselves in front of more people constantly, and now they've duplicated what they can do with a handful of other guys. And it could be B2B or B2C. Correct. B2B as in I'm, I'm adding agents, I'm an agency builder like the masterclass, or I'm, I'm building out a sales team that sells over the phone. Correct, 100%. Okay. I would have, yeah, that's what we noticed too. Cool. I would say that. And, and I, I've heard a lot of people, my clients kind of make the statement, control the lead, control the agent. And a lot of times they use the lead flow as like the main recruiting tool. Mm -hmm. If the if the king oh, yeah. of the of the organization, I say king, that's a weird way of saying it, but the leader of the organization can figure out and tackle that lead flow. I've got a lot of clients that I work with that feed teams. They don't know why I exist. You know, as far right. as their teams are concerned, this guy is a genius at generating leads and I just don't know what's going on, you know? Can't leave him. <laughs> you know what I mean? This guy is so smart, you know? And, uh, but that, that's one of the things that I see a lot is they'll just kind of bring all the leads into their CRM, keep us in the background and then just funnel it out. But then that's how they retain and grow. And then a lot of times too, you know, that lead flow is really how the, you know, it seems like everybody is like 
jumping ships from different IMOs. And a lot of times it becomes who's got the best leads, who's got the best marketing, yada, yada. So that recruiting tip has been, or recruiting tool has been huge um, from my perspective of what our clients are doing in the Medicare space as well. Yeah. Just using that lead, whatever that lead is, whether it's co-op or whatever. And then that sort of launch pads um, their recruiting efforts. Would yeah. you agree with that? I would completely, you cool. know, and, and again, it depends on the agent, right? Some agents are great at prospecting, some not so much. They're yeah. really good closers but they just don't know how to get in front of people yeah. well, right, what's, for whatever what's, reason. Yeah, what's the secret or recipe behind? Is it just, they're just, uh, as far as being a good prospector, because you're right, I've been around agents that, I think there's some creativity, there's some execution, you know, there's some investing. I think you know? that's it. I think it's fear of spending the $1,000 a week. Correct, not knowing And they're like, the oh results. my gosh, I don't know if I can even, what would I do if I didn't get, and they, all of a sudden they've got themselves into this hole where it's just not going to work. You know what they need to think about? The all, the alternative is worse. Truthfully, yeah. Being out of the business, you know. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. Going to have to get a job in a restaurant or something. Yeah. Or dude. I was talking to one of my call or centers. Worse. I'd be one heck of a waiter, but that would suck. <laughs> I was talking to one of my call centers uh, last week in one of our biggest ones, and they were like, "You know what I find? Because because they they actually set up other call centers. They're they're yeah. a monster. Mm-hmm. And they said, "You know what I find? That is the typically the the breaking point of other." either individual producers on the phone or producing teams is that they've got their business structured in a way that they can't afford to have a bad week or a month. Mm-hmm. And that one bad week or a month may not even affect their overall cash flow or business, but their mindset just gets in the dumps after that. Mm. And they just kind of tank themselves. And then yeah. all of a sudden they have a bad week and then that bad week turns into two weeks. And they're like, like, dude, if we had that mindset, we would have been out of business or scaled back 10 times already because you're going to have bad stretches where for whatever reason it didn't work out as well as you projected Mm. and that mindset carrying into the next several months if if you've got to be able to structure your business build up some cash flow whatever that is um, because they say that's the number one reason that their teams kind of fall off if they end up if they end up getting like a call team or whatever yeah so i I think that's true i would agree 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. they're they're just afraid to have a bad week and if they have a bad week they're just done for the cool part about it is when they do invest in themselves and they invest in a good marketing campaign or whatever it is, and they take that chance and get through that grip of fear. When they're successful with it, they're addicted to it. Oh, yeah. And they realize, oh, this is where it's at. Yeah. Now this is something that works, and now this is something I can scale. And those are the guys that make a killing at it. Mm-hmm. You know, But you got to get through the fear of, of not getting what you want and just take the risk. Because it's not guaranteed. Mm. It's not guaranteed, but there are some wonderful proven methods of prospecting that are out there. Talk to your colleagues that are in the business that you know are successful, right? There are plenty of agent examples of successful people that aren't smoking mirrors, and they can show you or give you opinions on great places to either buy leads or how to organically develop them. So listen to what they're saying and don't be afraid to do it. Invest in it. Go get it. Mm. Well, I usually I have one question I like to ask guests, and that is, um, we have a very uh, younger audience in general. Mm-hmm. Um, just overall, it's just compared to the average age of insurance agents, right? <laughs> yeah, compared to the average age, of which are pushing agents. Medicare age on their own. So, if if you yeah. could drop some wisdom on some young producers um, out there, that you know, man, if I would have known this now, fifteen years ago, mm. what would you tell that person? What would you tell yourself fifteen years ago, fourteen years ago, whatever? What would that be? 14 years what would I have told well, myself eat more barbecue eat more barbecue I've had to cut down on it some <laughs> um, I would just tell them to don't doubt yourself you know yeah. the market knowledge is out there to get so go get it but truthfully just don't doubt yourself right the opportunity is so big if you want it take the bull by the horns find you if you need to find you a good mentor find you a good 
colleague that can help kind of guide you and point you in the right directions and just run with it. Don't yeah. be afraid. Yeah. You, mm. sound, you sound like you're speaking from experience. Yeah. Somewhat, yes. Well, just, tell us the story. Is there, mm. were, did you just flip, slip into a mindset at one point and you're like, you know what, what am I doing? And then crawl out of it or is there... Because you, you made a decision at some point to just freaking go yeah. for it, you know? Yeah. Um, I listened to one, Tiffany Lecca. I hope she's listening to this podcast, by the way, Tiffany, because I credit her with the whole reason that I'm sitting in this chair, because that's the girl that recruited me into insurance. Wow. Oddly enough, she's not in insurance anymore. Wow. She's a phenomenal high school coach. She does a tremendous job. That's awesome. I have a ton of respect for her. But, uh, but she encouraged me to give it a shot, and I did. I didn't find it in the way that I really want, or at least I didn't find the path that I thought I wanted to. But once I rolled into Medicare, really what triggered for me was building relationships with some key players that were already doing a great job and just following their lead listening to them, trusting their process, and doing it. Right on. And they were proven that it was doing a good job, so if they can do it, yeah. I can do it, and there might even be a chance I can do it better. Well, why do agents want to reinvent the wheel? Because what you just said is find a mentor, figure out what their system is, and just do Duplicate. it and get right. better at it as you go. I think that's what most success people do. I think it comes from doubt. And as human beings, we tend to doubt pretty much anything, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be ourself or what other people tell us, because we always have the skepticism, that, oh, they're just trying to get one over on me. Yeah. You know, they're just trying to make some money on me. They're just trying to get me to buy their buddy's leads or do, you know, something like that. Um, so, you know, I, 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 that's the big part of it is the doubt. So for agents that are uh, wanting to reinvent the wheel, yeah. specifically, it starts with that doubt that that guy can't know. He says he's lying to me, something, he's got an angle, mm. right? So they're like, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And they always try to come up with their own way. And I think that's just human nature. We want to create. We are creators, right? We are. That's the whole reason we're down here is to create. So we want to reinvent the wheel because we want to create something. But truthfully, the blueprints are already out there somewhere. Somebody's already made it. So start with that wheel and then make it your own wheel. Right. This would be block and tackle, I find. I mean, really, at the end of the day, you just go out and do the work, get, get the work done. We've got a client that does a a call center. He's only got like eight callers on his team. Mm -hmm. um, but he was doing his own like marketing lead development and all that. And we were like four weeks into this campaign and he's getting like an extra like four to seven K a week just by being his own producer on the phones himself. But he says the most important thing isn't what I'm doing. He said it's because I'm creating this internal pressure with my team and I'm selling alongside my team and I'm working the same leads they are. I'm doing the same things they are. I'm having the same script they are. And all of a sudden, everyone else is being elevated as well. Yep. You know, and so, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, you know, Ramiz always talks about responsibility rationing, et cetera, mm -hmm. you know. So but let's block and tackle. Like, you know, just work hard, bust your butt, find a lead source, work it take care of the bad, you know, ups and downs, get off the roller coaster. That's my perception of what my successful clients are doing as opposed to my guys that come in and flake out or, or you know. Yeah, there's people in front of us that have already laid a very successful foundation of this. Granted, there's a lot of disruption going on in some of the transitions to the digital side of this, Yeah. but there's still people that are ahead of the curve that have already figured it out. They've already cut the path and they're already doing very, very well Trust them and understand, okay, if I can just learn what this guy's doing, pick mm -hmm. his brain, go to some of the, like 8% Nation, Boom. where the tools are given out there. Come on now. The great thing is you can take your vehicle and turn it into a rocket ship yeah. if you apply some of these things that these other successful people are doing. And then, again, 
slowly shape and mold that and now it's your own. And then right? you've tweaked a few things yep. to make it your own. It's like script writing, right? Yeah. People are always like, I yeah. need the best. I need somebody's script. I need somebody's script. <laughs> and when you read somebody else's script, you sound like an automaton, yeah. right? But if you can take their script and look at it and go, okay, I don't like that word because I don't talk like that. I talk like this. And just proprioception is a word that doesn't quite apply, but it does. It's learning how to make things yours, mm -hmm. right? And it comes really from kinesis, but I apply it to all things. So even script writing, take that script, plug the holes in it. They're going to create your own feel and your own style. And that's the same thing with your sales process or your business model. It all just carries on. And before you know it, you're speaking at 8%. Correct. Well, and also too, you, you mentioned getting mentors and we can, you know, I know we get, we're coming into a close here, but um, you mentioned mentors, finding a mentor, finding a coach. That's one of the main things that 8% is built for. So get exactly. your butt to Vegas. Yes. Right. And meet some people. Yeah. I, I follow, cause I, I pick up a lot of Facebook friends and all that. And like a lot of our guys are now working together and hanging out together and producing content together. And most of we're all shirts. friends. And you know what I mean? Like, I, I wouldn't say we're all friends, but we're all like know each other and are interacting with one another. Totally. You get your butt around other people and try and spend some money to have access. Like we talk yep. about a lot. Yeah. That, that one thing, blew my mind because I never because when I came to be part of Cody's team I didn't realize there is a lot bigger thinkers out there no however big you know how big you think you're thinking and just get around them it'll expand your brain it'll expand oh. the way you think it'll expand the way you look it'll get yourself out of the whatever negative mindset whatever you're in because the other guys are dealing with problems too you know right. what I mean or they're they're dealing with this too and so you got to take action though to get in front of people and get around people. If you hang out close to the fire, it's going to keep you warm. It rubs off on mm. you. Yep. It, yep. it takes those online relationships offline, like we talked with we've talked about quite a bit recently. Exactly. We and that's what we enjoy the most. The most. Like I mean, this, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanging out with Tony the Tiger, and all these other you know freaking power players and stuff, and and, and you pick up nuggets. I learn stuff like crazy. You can never stop learning in this business, too, man. It's yeah. it's amazing. You. Who you surround yourself with is ultimately who you're going to become. Mm. I heard 100%. someone. I heard someone say you're the average of the of the ten people you hang out with the most. Yeah, that, well said. <laughs> you're a culmination of that. You know, you're the average of, of the ten people you hang out with the most. I'm like, that makes sense. I can yeah. see that. So watch who's in cool. your circle. For what, real. What else you got, buddy? Dude, uh, why don't we transition for a quick second from D to you know direct consumer. And if you give a few tips on like, hey, I want to build out my own, you know, uh, I want to build out my own agency through marketers. I know without giving away what we gave away at the masterclass, because we give a lot of amazing stuff. You know, if you weren't there, you need to figure out a way to get it. You know, call in, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, what was a couple big take? I mean, what was a couple big uh, takeaways and tips? It was like a big focus for you uh, without giving away too much. I, I know what mine was, but. Relationship building has been yeah. the biggest key to my success yes. in any given way, 100%. Um, Where'd that come from? Say, You're really good at that, man. Like I, I opened the podcast with that. You are really good at that. I would say maybe it's in my genes in some aspects and because most of my uh, family is very gregarious and enthusiastic and outgoing, right? We're people pleasers and we're also servants by nature. We love to serve people mm. and see other people happy. Um, so I feel like I exemplify that a lot. Yeah. Um, I didn't really notice it in high school, but I got a lot. I mean, I noticed it, but I didn't pay attention to it until later in my years and being able to look back and see that cultivation, cultivating there. Mm -hmm. But I got along with everybody in high school. I was not the most popular guy. I wasn't the jock 
or whatever, the varsity jock that everybody loved and invited everywhere. But I got along with every single group and clique that exists in high school, which is somewhat unusual, right? People tend to get to their cliques and they make fun of the rest of them. I got along with all of them. When I threw the party, they all came over because they wow. wanted to hang out, right? Because I didn't judge them. I like to hang out with everybody. And that's kind of always been my style. I love to be surrounded by people. I don't necessarily have to be the center of attention, but I like to be around a group of people and see other people smiling, having a good time, and getting what they want. Mm. It was amazing for me in the master class how you literally just broke everything down, like how to build a team, what to pay the team, where to find the data for the team to call, what CRM to use, what script to use, what to say, when to say it, how to say it. It was like, holy crap. Crap! We was, dropped some pearls in there. Oh, it was good. Oh, it was good. Yeah, dude, I, I, I'm I'm enjoying having you around, man. It's been fun. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. I mean, you guys run a tip-top operation. Thanks, bro. Um, because I meant to ask this earlier, not kind of digress, but have have you told them yet who's coming to Eight Percent Nation? No. Okay. You know what? Well, w w when's this going to air, Dylan? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. You know what? We're going to release it Friday anyway. Okay. So if you get this, you know what? That's that's why you should listen to podcasts. His initials yeah. are JB. Oh, James Brown? That's it. The godfather of funk? That's it. <laughs> That's it. You've been wanting to have a conference hey! forever, dude. Or a, a concert Live, living in America. Yeah, Come on now. <laughs> That's good, man. Perfect headliner. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm out of questions. I think the wisdom has been dropped. The knowledge has been, you know, given. Boom. Um, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate your, your time and your travels. Um, you guys were busy today and yesterday and day before yeah. all weekend. Were you wore out last night? I was, I was actually, after we left the master class, I was pumped. Okay, good. Right. I mean, I was yeah. pumped. So, I mean, I had to take a walk around the, the complex over there and just kind of get some of that out, you know, some, and to wear myself out a little bit. And then once I hit the bed, I was out like a light, woke up nice and fresh this morning, ready to go again. Good. Right on. Good. So, and I can feel it right now. I'm going to walk out of this room juiced again. <laughs> nice. So, here man. we go. That's You're, Now you see why we like doing this stuff so much. Yeah. Absolutely, man. It's been a super pleasure. Thank you all so much for yeah. having me. Well, it's thanks real for dropping, dro dropping the knowledge. So guys, I hope you guys found some value on this. Um, you know, like and follow, comment our stuff. We've got all kinds of content like this on our YouTube channel and website and everything. So if you haven't connected yet or reached out, please do. We would love to put you in our emails and obviously come to 8% Nation. Do you have dates? Let's just go ahead and plug the dates. We do. July 24th and 25th, 2020 at the Palms in Vegas, Pearl Theater. There will be 2,000 people there, 100%. Um, there's going to be 5,000 in 2021 and 10,000 in 2022. Boom. So. And this guy doesn't think big enough. I think going for 50,000. No. I don't think big enough. <laughs> hey, there's a dude, lot that, of agents out I'm, there. Dude, there's all day. You said a couple million or whatever. But one thing I've learned to finish this is that's why I love getting around people because my prey drive is activated, as Coach Burt says, when I'm around influential people, you know. And as big as, like, we got Think Big on the wall out there. And as big as I think, I think, if I even look back 90 days, it's not even close. I agree. So I challenge you guys to like have that happen in your life where you can look back in 90 days and be like, oh my gosh, I don't recognize the person I was. Well, nice. Take that and run with it, guys. We'll see you on the next one.